Romans chapter 8. And this message kind of, it, it ties in with what the, the Spirit of God was speaking to me this morning. I want to talk to you about life and peace in the Lord. Life and peace. Life and peace in the things of God. Hallelujah. You know, the devil will always try to gum, come against your mind. And um, he tries to sway you by the pressures that he puts on our mind, or, or our, we could say it this way, our thinking. Because the devil doesn't have any power over you. He can only get you to perceive things or think things and see things in a different way, contrary to the word of God, and by doing that, he can put you in a, he can put you in a position to where you're going to be troubled. This is not time to be looking at our cell phones or anything like that. It's time to pay attention to what God has to say because I, I, I want to tell you, some of you, especially in here, in the days ahead, um, your lives are going to be changed greatly because things are going to change. God's already spoken to me about some things in, in, in making some changes, and we're going to have to make those changes. So we're going to be led by the Spirit of God and and let God lead us. But here in Romans chapter 8, let's look here at verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? Now, that's kind of a little bit different. If you look at verse 16, he says, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Notice one is the sons of God, one's the children of God. What's the difference? Well, obviously it's saying that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. But the children of God are not led by the Spirit of God. They're just children. Because why? Well, you know, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. Now, this is one thing that you have to ask yourself. Is the Spirit of God bearing witness with the inside of you that you're a child of God? I know it does with me. All right? If you, if you say, I, well, I don't know, then chances are you're not, you're not a child of God. It, it doesn't matter that you've gone to church or been involved in things like that. Most of your life, if if you don't have a bearing of a, of a, a witness of the Spirit on the inside of you that you're a child of God, chances are you're not. Things aren't right, and, and that should be one thing to speak to you to say, you know, you need to get things right with with the Lord. But here we see here says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Many decisions we make in our lives, they're based on fear. They're based on panic. Satan will tempt you to fear. You will be tempted to fear. All of us are tempted to fear. You've got to make the choice in your life, are you going to fear? 
when truth is spoken to you, and sometimes truth is spoken and it hits you right between the eyes, and the first, the first thing that you'll do is you get into fear, because why? Because you live, you live by your flesh. You get angry. But see, you shouldn't get angry at truth because it's the Word of God. It's, it's true according to the Word of God. The reason why we get angry is because we're too fleshly. That's why he says here in verse 15, look at it, he says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. What's the spirit of bondage again? The spirit of God, bondage is, is, is fear. God leads you by His Spirit. He leads you by that inner witness in the Spirit that, first of all, that you're a child of God. All right? That's the very first thing. If you don't have a witness that you're a child of God on the inside, you're not right. And some of these things that are getting ready to come down because we, we see the world looks at them and the church looks at them and we see things, times are changing, Right? And we know the Bible says that God, that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. He's not coming back for a church that's half in or half out. No, no, no. Those are the ones going to be left behind. He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. So, if we're going to be that church... We've got to change how we think, and we also have to learn to not get into fear because that's what he said here. He said, for, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. And really, that in, the, in the Greek, that, mean, that means Father, Father is really what that says. So when we address our, our Heavenly Father, we shouldn't just address Him as God, although He is God, but the way we address Him should be because of our relationship with Him is Father, Father, Father. Father, show me what to do here. Father, reveal Yourself to me. Speak to me concerning the things of my life. Speak to me concerning what I should be doing, not just today, but tomorrow and all the days of my life so that I don't miss you. So that I'm not, I'm not put in a position to where I fear. But Satan, see, his pressure is always put on you and I to do what? To be troubled. To worry. To get angry. And then you make a decision based on that, or shortly thereafter, which is still based on that. Why? Because you're in that position of fear. And even though Christians, and I've seen Christians say this, well, the Lord's leading me. No, you've been, you ju you're just in anger and fear. And now you're going to say God's speaking to you. You're understanding. See, I, I want you to see some things here in the Word of God, but that's not how God operates. We've got to resist being in fear and anger and understand how the Spirit of the Lord leads us. 
Because it's through that leading that we become sons and daughters of God, not just children of God. And really, sonship and daughtership, it means to be mature in the things of God. So that what? The, the, the power of God can freely flow through your body. Because the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you and me. He lives in us. The same one. But the only way that he can flow freely in us is if we're being led by him. We're not being led by fear. You know, James said it this way, concerning a double-minded man. You can't be in fear one moment and then be led by the Spirit the next. He, he called that a double-minded person. He said, and a double-minded person will receive nothing from God. See, that, that should concern us that Christians that are believing to be led by God on, and, and we want answers from God, we want heaven to lead us. He, God does not lead us when we are in fear or anger. You know, if you, have you ever been in a situation where you walked into a room where somebody has been fighting and they stopped? You didn't hear their conversation. You didn't know what was said, but you walk into the room and, and you can sense the tension in the room. What is that? That's the manifested presence of Satan. He's manifested. And that's what you're picking up. You're sensing that. You're sensing evil. You're sensing that things aren't peaceful here. But let's look here in uh, verse 5 in Romans 8. He says, For they that, are, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit... The things of the Spirit. Okay? So those that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. What, what they they're not paying attention to the things of God. They're on their, the, you know, they're on their phones. They're, they're uh, thinking about what they're going to do after, after church. They're thinking about what they're going to do next week. They're flesh. And, and those type of people, when, when, th when the storm comes and it wrecks their life, what do they do? Oh, God, help me. Well, he'd been trying to help you, but you weren't paying attention. You wouldn't listen. And God said, those that are willing and obedient shall you to go to the land in Deuteronomy, right? Well, what if you're not willing and obedient? You're not going to eat the good of the land. It's going to get worse for you. Until you turn this thing around, and you, the only way you're going to turn around is by listening to God and, and doing things His way. And we all have to understand that anger, fear, pressure is not God. Look here. He says, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, let's take that scripture right there. To be spiritually minded is life and peace, right? So those are the sons and daughters that are led by the Spirit of God, what do they experience? Life and peace. Life and peace, right? Sons and daughters of God experience life and death, uh, life and peace in every circumstance. 
Now, is the world experiencing that? No, they're not. Is, is, is life and peace going on around us all the time? No, it's not. But it says those that are, those that are spiritually minded, they experience life and peace. And life is not just living. It's the life of God is living in their lives. So that what? When Satan tries to get you to get into fear, to try to get you to be angry over a situation, or try to get you to react to a situation in anger or pride, what do we do? A spiritually minded person says, no, I'm not going to do that. But Satan, see how he'll work it is because you even thought about getting mad. He'll say, see, you already thought about it, so you might as well go ahead and do it. That's how it operates. And then what? A, a carnally-minded person will, will go ahead and just step right on into it. Not realizing what they, what they have sacrificed. They have sacrificed life and peace. Because to be spiritually-minded is the life of God and the peace of God. I want you to think about that, that word peace. What did Jesus say about peace? He said, my peace I give you. Right? My peace I give you. What's that talking about? To be spiritually minded. The peace of Jesus is on us that are spiritually minded, that are led by the Spirit of God. The very peace of Jesus comes on you. I'm not talking about peace like what some people in the world experience peace for a moment. No, no, this is a peace that changes things. This is a peace that, that causes you, when the, the pressures of the world come on you, you don't change. Once you think about something, did Jesus in the Bible, do you see anywhere that he worried Do you? You don't. Nowhere. Now, do you think he wasn't, he wasn't tempted to worry? Sure he was. He was tempted. He was tempted. Okay? He was very tempted to worry. But he didn't. Why? Because he refused to let it in. You and I have to do the same thing. We have to refuse to be tempted. There's some, see, and in order for that to happen, we're going to have to make some changes in our lives, right? We can't operate the way we used to. I want you all to listen up to this because it involves you. Changes are coming. I'm standing before the living God today and telling you, changes are coming. Because we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make them in my life. If I make them in my life, it affects you. They're good changes. They're godly changes. All right, you've got to choose this day who you're gonna serve. I'm telling you, today's the day. Today's the day. You got to choose who you're gonna serve. Are you gonna serve God? Or are you gonna serve the world? Now listen to me very closely. I don't want anybody to get confused over this, what I'm saying. Remember Lot and Abraham. 
Right? Remember that story? Why did Abraham and Lot separate? Remember what happened? They had gotten so prosperous that their men had started fighting each other. And Abraham understood Abraham understood the value of peace. So Abraham comes to Lot and he says, Lot, we're going to separate. Right? Notice what Lot didn't say. Lot did not address Abraham. Hold it, Abraham. I, I really don't want to leave you. What can we do to get this situation to where we don't have to separate? He did not bring that up. Why? Because Lot had already separated himself from the ways of Abraham's following of the Lord. So what did Lot what did Abraham do? He said, Lot, Lot, you choose the direction you're going to go. If you go that direction, I'm going to go the opposite way. Now listen to me. I don't want anybody to be confused over this because God's shown me this and we're going to do this. This is going to be the ministry mark from here on out. Father, forgive me because I've not done this in the past. I've missed you. I'm not going to miss him no more. I'm not going to miss God. I'm going to do just what Abraham did. And people that don't want to follow peace, they need to go a different direction. They need to leave. They need to go out. So Lot chooses the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah because it looks green, doesn't it? Well, it did. It, does, it, did, it was green. So Lot thought, well, I've, <laughs> I'll take the green stuff. You take the desert. Well, you know the rest of the story, how it worked out for, for Lot, don't you? It, was a, it cost him everything. It cost him everything. But Abraham valued peace. He put a price tag on peace. He put a price tag on peace. And he said, if you're going to serve the things of the world, then you need to go in that direction. If you're going to serve the things of God, we're going this, we're going this direction. But he says... For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, what's that mean? You're gonna, that means if you don't have the peace of God in you, you need to repent. You need to get things right with God. You need to make a change. I heard this minister say one time, he had this woman, she came up to him after the service. She got in late to the service. And uh, she had her baby with her, and, and the, young ba the young child was, was sick and runny, eye, you know, runny nose and teary-eyed and things like that. And she said, uh, Pastor, would you, would you pray for my, my child? It's, 
my child's sick. And it's been going on for quite some time. And he looked at her and he said, sure. And as he stepped forward to pray for the child, the Spirit of God stopped him and said, stop. And the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, there's problems in that household. Ask her about those problems. And the minister looked at the, the woman and said, ma'am, the Spirit of the Lord just, just quickened to me and, and brought this to mind. Do you have problems in your household? And she kind of got a, a blank look on her face. He said, do you and your husband fight a lot? And she said, oh yeah, we fight a lot. He said, ma'am, I, 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 can, I can pray for this child and it'll work temporarily. But you take this child back into that environment and that, where that strife is going on and this child will be sick again. He said, now what I'll be willing to do is pray for you that you'll go home and you'll, you'll, you'll get this situation cha changed and you'll, you'll get out of the strife that you, have, you and your husband have. She said, oh, pastor, would you? And he did. See, a lot of times we, we look at the situation that we have going on in our lives and we think it's just this situation, but see, there's things that are attached to that situation. There's things at home that's causing this situation and causing it to, to manifest because of what we yield ourselves to. Sons and daughters of God yield themselves to the Spirit of God. They do not yield to the spirit of bondage again, which is fear. When things happen as believers, this is what we have to do. We have to resist the temptation to get mad. This is not a suggestion. I'm telling you what the Lord's saying. This is a must. We must resist that temptation to fear because we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Anger, pride, unwillingness to, to, to do what the Word of God says, those are all fear-related. Those will put you in bondage. I want you to see something here in a First Peter chapter three. Go there with me. First Peter chapter three. And I want I want to go over all of this, but a couple several verses here I want to look at. Let's start off in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Likewise, you wives, be in submission or subjection, subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, meaning their husbands, if they don't obey the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives. So a woman that's married to a man that's not a believer... First of all, she should never get to marry to a man that's not a believer, but, you know, people, 
not everybody when they got married was believers. You know, what happens is occasionally one of them gets saved. But what this is saying is, if you're married or to a spouse, it doesn't matter whether it's a husband or a wife, your good conversation, all right, will win them over. The way you talk, the way you act, the way you treat them. And he says that here in verse 2. He says, while they behold, speaking of your, your, the, in this case, the husbands, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. What's that mean? That basically means while the husbands behold their wives speaking right the things of God and, and actually honoring their husbands even though their husbands are not saved. Their husbands see that. And by that conversation, by the way that they act, it'll win them over. And that's what happened with Smith Wigglesworth. His wife, I told you that story before, how she witnessed to him, how he threatened her not to go to church, and he, she kept going. He, he finally told her, if you go to that church one more time tonight, I'm not letting you in when you come back. And she went to church, came back, he had the door locked, and she slept on the porch that night. And the next morning, when they woke up, he went to open the door, and she's standing at the door, and she says, Smith, what would you like me to fix you for breakfast? She walked right in and fixed breakfast. Didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. What was she being led by? The Spirit of God. Now let's go on here because it doesn't stop there. It says in verse 7, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto your wife, as unto honor unto the weaker vessel, and be heirs together of the grace of life. So what's that saying? That's saying, husbands, honor your wives. Speak right to them. Treat them right. Don't be unruly. Don't be bossy. What's talking about? Not letting fear or anger come up in your voices. Not not trying to put condemnation on one another. You, you can be right and say, well, I tried to tell you that, but you wouldn't listen. What is that? That's condemnation. That's a spirit of fear. It's telling you to stop it. Here's why. Here's the, here's the reason why it's telling you and I to stop this stuff. Look here at the last, ver the last verse here in verse 7. That your prayers be not hindered. When you're not honoring one another, when you're not living in the, the peace of God and the life of God, your prayers are going to be hindered. So you can, you can sit down and you can pray all you want, but see, if there's strife in the relationships, ain't nothing changing. It's not changing. It's not changing. Why? Because of the strife we have in our lives. In um, getting back to that in, in Romans, that life and peace 
is to be spiritually minded. What did it say in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Why? Because I'm experiencing his life in my life. I'm experiencing his peace in my life. So I'm lying down in green pastures. What does a sheep do? Lie down in green pastures because they're comfortable there. A sheep that, that is not comfortable won't lie down. Why? Because they know they might have to run at just a split moment. But sheep will lie down in a green pasture because there's peace there. There's life there. They feel comfortable. And that's what the psalmist was saying. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because I'm listening to him. He'll, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Listen, did you hear what that said? He, he, you know, look, look, look there real quick. Psalm 23. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 1. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Notice what it said. It doesn't say he asked me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He tells me, lie down in this green pasture. And I lie down. Why? Because I'm trusting in him. I'm, I'm being led by him. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up and doing it myself. I'm lying down because he said, lie down here. And because I've got peace and I've got life of God in me, I'm lying down. I'm comfortable. Notice the next verse. He says, He leads me beside the still waters. Not, not the roaring floods, not, not the waterfalls. He leads me beside still waters. What, what happens beside still waters? Sheep will drink there. Sheep do not like to drink when the water is raging. That, all that noise and all that stuff, that scares sheep. They don't like that. They like, they like the, the water to be still and quiet. They don't like running water. They like quiet, clean water. He leads me besides the still waters. Why? Because I have the life of God in me, and I have the peace of God in me. And I, and, and I am resisting fear and strife of all kinds in my life. See, we, we've got to do this. We have to do this. And it says this back here in Philippians. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians 4, it says this in verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. 
In other words, don't be troubled by things. Just because something comes up and you perceive a situation one way, give people a break. Maybe that's not what they meant. If you want grace, what's the word say you got to do? If you want grace, what's the word say you got to do? You got to give it. If you want mercy, what's the word say you got to do? You got to give it. Right? See, this lines up. Be careful for nothing. And you know what will happen is a lot of times care tries to get on you from other people. You've got to stop letting their care get on you. And you be and you be in care. You start caring. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. What's that talking about? Let's talk about prayer and supplication. It's talking about conversations with the Father. Father, what do I do in this situation? How do I handle this? Do I snap back at them and bite their heads off? And if you hear, yes, do it, then you're not saved. Because the Father will never tell you to do that. He won't tell you to do that. The devil will. See, what happened, really what they mean, you're, you're, being, you're being led by the, the wrong spirit. You know, there was that saying that went around a number of years ago, and, and it just kind of disappeared, but still true, what would Jesus do? You got to ask yourself in every situation, what would, how would Jesus handle the situation? Is he going to scold people and tell people how wrong they are, how they messed up, and how you're not living a godly life? No. Why? Because there's a, <laughs> there's a right time for everything. That's not the time. What do you do with the woman that was caught in adultery? He brought correction to her, but what, how, how did he do it? He got rid of her accusers first, right? And then he said to her, neither do I accuse you. And then he said this, now go and sin no more, or else the worst thing will happen to you. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't beat her upside her head or you know, make her angry or anything like that. He said, now go and sin no more or else the worst thing will come on you. Now, if that makes you mad, well, then it makes you mad. I mean, that's your flesh. You're not... I don't think it made her mad. I think she understood. I should have been dead. I should have been stoned by these people. But here the Son of God delivered me and warns me to go and sin no more. But he says this, be careful for nothing but everything in prayer and supplication. With, with uh, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And look at this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. The same peace that Jesus said, my peace I leave you. It's not the world's peace. It's His peace. It's the peace of God that He gives you and me 
the same peace that he experienced and he didn't get angry and he didn't worry about nothing. Oh, he said, well, yeah, but he, he turned, what about turning over the table? That's a righteous anger because they were, they were disgracing the house of God. But he didn't worry. He didn't get in fear of over anything. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, it says, it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. See, you and I, what we have to do, we got to realize there's things trying to get into your mind and to your heart. And when you're not focused on the things of God, when you're focused on the things of the world, that's, that's how they're getting in. And you're paying attention to them, right? Some of you right now, you're paying attention to the things of the world instead of the things of God. And, and you don't have no peace in your life. But it says if, you, if you'll do that, the peace of God that's a, that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. And then he tells you, finally, brethren, he tells you how. Whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise. Think on those things. And I heard a man say one time, he said he had a, he had a guy come up to him and, and he said, uh, after he was, he was talking about this verse, he said, he said, Pastor, you know what? Every person needs to have a bouncer in their mind. Well, you can just imagine what kind of lifestyle he is. This guy, he'd grown up, he'd worked in clubs, but he'd figured it out. He said, yeah, you need to have, a, every person needs to have a bouncer in their minds. So every thought and every action that comes up to them, if they don't line up with this word, what do they do? They get rid of them. What you think on? You know, there's things that, you know, I'm, I'm not there yet. We're all, we're all work in progress. But there's things I've learned that, you know, things that were done to me in the past, even by Christian leadership, I don't talk about. I, I don't go there. I don't try to, to explain that. If somebody asks, I won't even go into it. Why? Because there's, no, there's nothing good that can come out of it. Some things you just got to put in the past and leave them alone. Think on the things, like he said here, whatsoever things are true. Well, what's true? The Word of God. The Word of God's true. Whatsoever things are honest. So, when somebody's telling an off-color joke or something like that, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to some garbage. Because that's not honest. I want to listen to something that puts other people down. 
What similar things are just? What's just? It's talking about righteous, righteousness. What sort of things are pure? Those are the things you need to think on. You know, it's kind of like the, 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 the saying, if uh, you had, a, you had a, a 16-ounce glass of water and you were thirsty, and you looked at the, 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 the label, and it said on here, 15% of this 16 ounces, 15 ounces in here are pure. The other 1%, it's got contaminations in it. You gonna drink it? Huh? You gonna drink it? Because 15, 15 ounces is, is clear, pure water, but one ounce in that water is not pure. No, you're gonna get rid of that thing. See, that's what he's talking about here. Think of the things that are pure. So see, you you can, and that you know that really speaks of another thing. You can you can be right scripturally, but it's the way you present something to people. It's not pure. It's not pure. So what do you need to do? In that case, you need you need to just cast that thought to the ground. Don't even think about it because it wasn't brought in a pure way. When the Father speaks to you or speaks to me, he brings it in a pure way. It's easily, easily entreated. It's not hard to entreat. It's very easily entreated. Those are the things we need to think about. Those are the things that we need to concentrate on. One last scripture. Go to Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48, verse 15. The Lord says, I, even I, have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Come you near unto me, hear you this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there I am, and now the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Well, how does he lead it? He leads through life and peace. So God wants you to profit, and you know what? Don't, don't think of profit as in finan financial, because financial profit is the lowest form. If you're not prospering in peace and profiting in peace and life, because a lot of people, you can, you can have billions of dollars, but you don't have life and peace. You're broke. He says, I'll teach you the prophet which leads you by the way that you should go. So if he's going to lead me by the way that I should go, what's that mean? I have to be led by the Spirit, don't I? I can't be led by myself. I can't be led by the world. I can't be led by my friends. I've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Look at verse 18. He says, 
Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. See, this is a word right now today. The Lord quickened this to me today. He said there's things coming and people are, are, are not listening and not paying attention and they're going to be the very ones. Oh, thou that, that hadst hearkened to my commandments. He'll say to them. Then had your peace been as a river and your righteousness as the waves of the sea. See, if you hearken unto his ways, if you're led by the Spirit of God, then you'll have peace as a river. Peace as a river. What does a river do? A river just kind of picks things up and covers them up and, and moves them downstream. But if you've ever noticed one thing about a river, you can go, if you've ever gone to like the Ohio, the Mississippi, and you look out over that river, it's a lot of times, most of the times, it's, it's like a sheet of ice. It's smooth. Yet water is traveling down that thing at a considerable speed. And unless a log's floating on top, you can't even tell it's moving from a distance. Now you get down there right in, in it, you can see that, but for the most part, you're standing back away up on, you know, if you go like to Newburgh Dam, and you're looking out over that water, you, you don't really see the water moving, unless you see a ship, a, a boat coming by. But it, And even then, if you kind of even notice it, it looks like it's going real slow. But see, God said, if, if you'll be led by the Spirit, you'll have peace like a river. And these things that are getting ready to come upon the earth, people are going to be upset. And they're going to be in fear. And they're going to worry. They're going to be troubled. But see, because we're led by the Spirit of God, we'll have peace like a river. Even with all the turmoil going on around us, we're not going to, be, we're not going to get in fear. We're not going to be troubled. We're not going to worry at all. We'll have that peace. Amen? So you've got, to, you've got to make your decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to be led by the Spirit of God? Or are you going to be led by the, the cares of the world? It's up to you. But time is now short. I know we've been saying this before, and people, we've been saying that for a long time, but you know, I would just tell you what the Lord has told me today. He said, there's things coming. It's right, it's right here at the doorstep now. And he said, those that are led by the Spirit, they're going to be in peace through this whole situation. Those that are not, they're going to have great anger, great fear, and they're going to make decisions, the wrong decisions, that will cost them many things in their life, some including their lives. And see, that's how the devil operates. If he can get you in fear, if he can get you in worry, you make the wrong decision because it's not based on peace, it's based on fear. And you jump to a conclusion because why? You feel pressured. But God doesn't pressure you. God's got a peace, right? 
You know, the Bible even talks about let the peace of God rule in your heart as an umpire, right? In Colossians. If it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. It'll be God the next day. If it's pressure, pressure says you better make a decision do it now. Because if you don't do it now, tomorrow it may not be here. That ain't God. That's not God. That's pressure. That's the enemy. We're not going to be led by the enemy. We're going to be led by the peace of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Father, for revelation. Thank you for the unction of the Spirit. Father, I just I thank you, Lord, for what you're revealing to us in these last days and these hours ahead, Lord, as we purpose in our hearts to be led by the Spirit of God. We're not going to be led by fear. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.